Well, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen of Hemel Hempstead. We wish as we do. Once a week, we have a glorious privilege to come out and to uh, preach the Word of God. The Bible says to go into all the world and to preach the Gospel. And friends, that's what we've come to do today. The Gospel is good news, but it also comes on the backdrop of bad news. And I must give the bad news first. The Bible makes very clear and plain that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Yes, that's the plain assertion of God's Word. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And furthermore, there's worse news than that. Not only have we come short of the glory of God, but the wages of sin is death. Now the Bible speaks of two deaths. Firstly, a physical death. We know, as we look at our family heritage, as we look at our line, we look at our family, you can trace your parents, parents, and their parents, and right back to even the beginning of time here on this earth. And what could we say about all of our relatives? They have died. And friends, the Bible says it is appointed unto man once to die. But that's not just it. If only it were death. If only that were the end of us. To be snuffed out. And then just to go to the grave. But friends, what people often forget is that we have a soul. Oh yes, you have a body. But friends, the real person is your soul. Did you know that? You have a body, but you are a soul. You are a living soul. And that soul lives on for all eternity. And that's why the Bible speaks of the second death. And it's not annihilation of the soul or the spirit of a man, but it's eternal separation from God. And the proof that you have a soul is so easy to prove. You are different to, to the animal kingdom. The animal kingdom do not have a conscience. You and I are made in the image of God. That's what God has said in his word. Man is both a body and we're told when God made Adam, he breathed into him and thus he became a living soul. Adam was a living soul. And you and I, we are souls. We come into this world. We live in the shell of a body. And really it's the soul that has sinned. It's not the body that has sinned. And some people in some strange religions in this world, what they do is they punish the body. And they think if they punish the body, if they flatulate themselves, like the Roman Catholics and some other religions, or hang themselves up by hooks, that somehow they can subdue the body. And that's not possible. The problem is, is the human soul. And the Bible says the soul that sins shall die. The wages of sin is death. The problem is 
You and I are born with a sinful heart of wickedness. We come into this world and we pretend there is no God, that all of a sudden this world that is made up of billions and billions of particles and form the atmosphere, the cosmos, and we say it all just happened by accident. My friend, as you look at your body, you are a walking miracle. You have seven major organs in your body. And each of those organs functioning together, comprising what the scriptures say, somebody that is fearfully and wonderfully made. Think of the retina of the eye, the amazing retina of the eye, able to take in, they reckon scientists, millions of colors so that you can differentiate between colors. The facets of the ear that you can distinguish between sounds and so on. The capacity to think and to reason moral reasoning and thinking so that we are reasonable creatures able to live and to eat and to function. The eye needing the brain to see and so on. I, I do not need to elaborate any more as to how wonderful the human body is. And yet friends, when we even look at the body, it's not how God originally made it. Adam we're told, was not only made upright, but he did not know what death was. He did not know what pain was. He did not know what decay was. He did not know what aging was. He did not know what sin was. Until, of course, sin entered into the world. God had warned our first parents. And you know, you and I, we know that we are made for better things in this world. We are made... For eternity. Yes, everyone here is made for eternity, either in eternity with God or without God. You know, many people, it's strange, humans are very strange creatures. Because I've met so many people that on the one hand they deny God, and the next minute their relatives are in heaven, that's what they believe. They deny God, but they believe that there is a special place for people. You see, God has told us in his word that he has written eternity on man's heart. We are made a living soul. But friends, the soul that sins and is without a substitute for sins shall surely be cast from God forever. The scriptures say, it's appointed unto man once to die, but after that the judgment, the judgment of the soul. And then we're told in the scriptures, so Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. I've given you the bad news, haven't I? I've told you of our desperate condition in sin. And all the religions of this world will tell you that there's a way to God. And it's the way of man, and it's the way of man's religion. They'll say to you, it's a man's good works. Climb so many steps, go on this pilgrimage to this place and that place. Live a good life, they say. 
All these things the Bible says are folly. There is a way the Bible says that seems right unto man, but its end, says the scriptures, is destruction. The religions of this world are destruction. They begin with man and they end with man. But friends, let me say something utterly, completely unique about Christianity. Something utterly unique about the Bible is that God sends salvation down through the person of his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is called in the Bible, the last Adam. Yes, that's right. There was a first Adam. Your parents and my parents, we're all related. There's only one race, and it's the human race. And we're all related. We all come from one family. And all have sinned. But God sent another into this world. Even God, the Son, and the Scriptures say, God was manifest in the flesh. God came in the flesh. He stepped into time, space, and history. God became man. The Jehovah's Witnesses and other religions in this world will deny the deity of Christ. Jesus Christ is more than a prophet. Other religions will recognize the Lord Jesus Christ as a prophet. But the Lord Jesus Christ, my friends, made unmistakable, unequivocal claims about himself. He claimed to be God, no less than God. My friend, it is through God becoming man that he would reconcile a people to himself. The bad news is that all have sinned. But God has determined to save sinners out of this world. And you say, well, who are they? They are them that will hear the word and will believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And he will bring them to hear his word. And they will repent of their sins. They will recognize who and what they are before a, an infinitely holy God. That they are sinners. That as they look at their lives, they see their life is one mass. One great catalogue of sin. Every day of their life, they have sinned. And in them, there is no good thing, really. And even the good that they've done is so often tinged and tinted with sin. You do some good deed. You take pride in it. You boast in it. But my friends, the Bible says there should be no boasting, for all have sinned. Maybe you've grown up in a, in a family that is relatively good. That's what's made you to differ. You could have been brought up in some other family, in some other part of the world, different circumstances. You'd be a different person. Inside every soul is a sinful nature, my friends. But Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners so that he would live for them and die for them and be their substitute. And they will hear his word. God 
in his amazing love, let me tell you what he did. He became man. He sent his son. God is one yet in three persons. In the book of Genesis chapter 1, you don't have to go far in the Bible, my friends, and read that God is a triune God. God says in Genesis 1, 26, let us make man in our image. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And God made man in six literal days. And behold, everything was good. And yet God knowing man would sin. Man made with a free will, sinned against God. And yet in God's great love, in which he loves sinners, determined to send his son to live the life that they never would live and could live after the fall. Adam having lost everything, he sent his son into the world. The scriptures say, when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son. You know, to me, that's the most wonderful news in all the world. That God sent his son. You say, well, I'm all right. A lot of people say, I'm all right. You're not all right, sir. You're not all right, man. Nobody is all right. All of sin. Are you taking a track today? Would you say to one of the people that are passing by, I'm all right? You're not all right. If you do not have the Lord Jesus, all is not well. You are a sinner like me. The difference is, if you're not a Christian, you do not have forgiveness of sins. And this is the most urgent and pressing matter, my friends, right now. For without the forgiveness of sins, man will perish. That's why Christ came. He came to live for his people and then to die for them. What kind of sinners? All kinds of sinners in this world. I'll give you one example. There was a man on the cross. He was an insurrectionist, rising up against the government, probably guilty of bloodshed, theft, murder. The Lord Jesus said to him, Today you will be with me in paradise or heaven. My friends, that man never went to church probably in all of his life. Never went to synagogue. I'm not saying that you shouldn't go to church. But the lesson is this. It's not by works of righteousness that a man can do that will ever bring him into the presence of a holy God. It's impossible. It's utterly impossible. Can you erase your sins? Can you pay for your debt? You can't. You try to live a good life. Every day, you're trying to live a good life. You won't do it. You can't do it. Martin Luther, once a Roman Catholic, tried to live a strict life. The more he lived that life, the more he saw he was a sinner, and the more he saw he was undone, that his religion and his works could not save him. His prayers could not save him. Until God brought him to that place of trusting alone in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And my friends, that is the good news. Whosoever looks savingly and with a repentant heart, truly 
upon the Lord Jesus Christ, the scriptures I say upon authority of God's word, that person will be saved. The Lord Jesus Christ gave an example to Nicodemus who was a blind Pharisee. He wouldn't hear the word of God. He's like so many saying, I'm all right, I'm all right, I'm all right. He thought his good works would save him. The Lord Jesus said to him, Nicodemus, a man must be born again. He must be made new. He must be changed. And that changed person will look unto the Lord Jesus. There's an example of this in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, some of the children of Israel had sinned so terribly. In fact, all the people, they were in the desert for some 40 years. And God had sent these serpents upon them to chastise them so that they would turn from idolatrous religions and from sin. And he commanded Moses to make a brazen serpent and put it on a pole. And whoever looks upon that serpent upon the pole was completely healed of that death. And the Lord Jesus took that example and that analogy and he said, just as Moses lifted up the serpent of the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish. Did you hear that? Shall not perish. My friends, are you not concerned about perishing? You may not live another day. You may not be around tomorrow. Something could take you. It could be a car accident, some illness, something. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after that the judgment. So many people are not concerned about that. It'll be a fearful thing. The Bible says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. My friends, we understand that God is holy. You know, people often say to me, yeah, but the Bible says God is love. Yeah, He is love. That's why He sent His Son. There's no other way. God had to deal with the sin of His people through His Son. And all of His people will look to Him my friends, it's nothing but insidious pride that keeps a man looking to Christ. And blindness, so blind to our own hearts, we think ourselves good. And that's, that's sheer blindness. You know, if we think we're good, we're blind to our sins. From your youth, David says, you came from your mother's womb, speaking lies. That's what David says about me, says about you, says about everyone in this world. From our youth, from the mother's womb, we came forth speaking lies. Furthermore, the scriptures say, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? You can feel good about your religion. You can feel good about a lot of things. But how deceitful is the human heart? So deceitful we think, well, I've done enough. 
My friend, sinners cannot appease an infinitely holy God. It's impossible, but God the Son has, on behalf of all who put their trust in him. My friends, this is the good news. The bad news is you must see your condition in sin. And you know, it's not easy to come out and to say this. I don't come out here to moralize anybody. I don't say that I'm better than you. That's not my work. We're sinners. In fact, terrible sinners. There are things that we know we ought to do. But our trust is in the living God. Our trust is in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins. You see, the difference is between those who are not saved and those who are saved is those who are not saved are trying to be their own saviour. You see, the Lord Jesus is called the saviour for that very reason, because he saves. He's not asking sinners to save themselves. It was a cry. And the Lord Jesus was dying upon the cross. Men were railing accusation against him. If thou art the Christ, they said, save yourself. And then many were saying, he saved others, but himself he could not save. Well, my friends, don't you see why he had to die? Because he had to take away God's wrath on behalf of all of his sheep. And I have no idea who his sheep are. But I do know this, they will come and they will humbly believe and repent on God's dear Son. That's who his sheep are. Now the question I must ask you is, are you one of God's sheep? There are many that say, oh, I'm a Christian. And you know, to them, all that means is it's either on the birth certificate or they've grown up in a Christian family or they've attended church once or twice in their life. Well, my friends, let me lovingly say that is not a Christian. The Christian is somebody that is trusting, not in their life, not even in their church attendance, but upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I make it any more plain? But it is that. You know, the Lord Jesus had a problem with religious men in his day. They were called the Pharisees and the scribes. Very devout they were. But they knew nothing of God's mercy. There were men about their works thinking they could appease the Lord. But they couldn't. No friends, well you may not be so, but you will have to stand before the Lord, as I will. It is appointed unto God, unto man wants to die. And we will all have to give an account. And every idle word that we utter, we shall give an account of. Well, these religious people, they didn't want to hear about sin, like so many were passed by. Oh, we don't, don't talk to us about sin. You're making us feel very upset. Well, my friend, I tell you one day, you'll be mightily upset. Because God will say, depart from me. You see... The scriptures are so plain. The scriptures say, 
he who covers his sin shall not prosper. If we try to cover our sin and the fact that we have sinned against the Holy God, we will not stand in that day, but we will be judged. And therefore I implore you, as we do week after week, we come out and we beseech you to seek the Lord. You're a sinner like me. Again, I don't claim to be better than you. But we're sinners. And we ask you to search your heart. And as you search your heart, I can tell you this one thing. If you truly search your heart, you will find that you are a sinner and that you're undone. David said, Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. And God knows even our thoughts right now. There's nothing hid from him. This is how he is able to judge all men and will judge all men. But you go home and ask God, search me, O God. Search my heart. And I'll tell you one thing you will discover is that you are a helpless sinner. If God has truly searched you and exposed your heart to yourself, you will see you're a sinner. But then you say, Lord, reveal yourself to me. And I tell you, friends, when God reveals himself to sinners, he shows that he is a very merciful God. Very merciful. And he is ready to pardon. Those who are burdened under sin, God says, come unto me, all ye that labor and a heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Only God, friend, can give the soul rest in this life. Peace. Are you at peace? Can you die with a good conscience? Can you close your eyes and lay your head upon that pillow tonight with confidence that it's well with your soul, that you'll be with God, not because you somehow think you're good, Far from it, but because you believe in the good one, God's Son. My friends, look no further but the Lord Jesus. He said in his word, look unto me and be ye saved. Look and live. Those who do not look consider the cross of folly and sin. You know, the Bible tells us Fools make a mock at sin. Fools make a mock at sin. Well, why do you die? You sin. It's not a laughing matter, is it? But after that, the judgment. I would encourage you, friends, to come along tomorrow. Tomorrow, we meet at Nash Mills Village Hall. Just outside of the town centre here, 10.30 a.m. is the morning service, and then the evening service, which is a gospel sermon, that will be at 6 p.m. And I can assure you, you'll receive a very warm welcome if you came along. I'm the pastor of the local church, and I'll be glad to speak to you. We'll be out here for a little longer, giving out tracts, and even some free... Gospels of Mark and John and tell you of the way of salvation. You come along. I can assure you will not be disappointed.
they that seek the Lord, taste and see that he is good, will know that he is good indeed. We preach Christ crucified for sinners. And that's what you will hear. We're not some strange outlandish church. We're not charismatic. We preach the simple gospel of Christ. And we seek by the grace of God to walk honorably before him in this world. May God help you to seek him. Turn to him, the Bible says, while he is near. And the Lord will have mercy upon sinners. Do take a track. My friends are out here. And uh, another brother now is going to come and minister the word of God. Please do stay listening. If you want to talk to us, please don't hesitate to come up to us. Thank you.